0: All right, so if you don't already have your Bibles open, open them to John chapter 14. We'll read the first six verses. Uh, This this is one of those lessons that's kind of progressed throughout my last year. Never really felt um, released to to teach it. Um, Did a lot of researching on it. This probably has close to 100 hours. Of research on this, uh, really just on the last little part, because I don't like to say anything that I can't prove, right? <laughs> I mean, it's cool just to say stuff, and and we we know we all have those things where you know it's like uh, the Bible says this, and and it would be really cool if it tied into this thing, um, but it actually does tie in historically um, to the, both Moses' tabernacle and Solomon's temple. What we're going to read tonight. Uh, so it's actually pretty neat. You know, I'm a history guy. I love when the Bible reveals that history is true. The history doesn't reveal that the Bible is true. The Bible reveals that history is true, right? So we're going to get to that last part. It really is only satisfying to me because I know how much time I've put into this, and I'm literally going to talk about it for about 10 minutes, but just know some of this gray hair is because of this lesson, okay? <laughs> it was one of those things. It's just it got in my spirit, and I just had to know if it was true or not. And it turns out it is. So it's pretty neat. Four, t- chapter 14, we'll start in verse 1. We'll read through 6. Very familiar passages of Scripture. But like Miss Eddie said, some of the this is some of the good good right here. This is the good stuff. So verse 1 reads like this. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my father's house or many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The awesome thing about our word is that it says so many things, right? Jesus only had a certain time here. John even says that if they were to have written down everything that Christ said all the books in the world wouldn't be able to hold what he said. You ever thought about what that means? Of course they could have wrote down everything that a man said, right? It's not that he said so many things that they would run out of paper or papyrus or, or whatever it was. It was that everything that Christ said was so layered that it takes years and years and years. And years and lifetimes upon lifetimes, we are 2,000 plus years removed from Christ saying these words. And we're sitting down at a Bible study talking about it tonight. Why? We haven't reached the depth of it yet. Right? That So that is when the word says that everything that Jesus said couldn't be scribed down. It's because we read six verses and we're going to spend the remainder of this day talking about, or the remainder, no, don't get excited, the remainder of this time here. You're like, I didn't prepare for this. I have have stuff going. But uh, no, we're going to spend our time tonight talking about three terms, the way, the truth, and the life. What does that mean? right? What, what did Jesus say when he said that? What was Jesus saying when he said that? So first, I want to look, if your Bible is like mine, it has words in red. Right. I want to look at the words in black. Some of them don't. This one does. Uh, we we. Be- I, I do, no, mine's not going to be. Mine's yeah. not special. Found it in order. It's the George uh, translation. Oh, we can talk afterwards. Yeah. Know, another nerd. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing's in red, yeah. You know? <laughs> so that's fine. Well, we believe everything. Jesus is the Word, right? He said everything. But I want to look at verse five. Let's do that then. If you if you're not color coded, look at <laughs> verse five. So Jesus just uh, told them, don't be troubled. Why did he tell them that? Well, because he's, he's telling them again for one of the final times, hey, this is for real. I'm, I'm about to leave, like I'm about to die. But don't be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And then he tells them, in my father's house, where my father is, where I am going, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Why am I going to prepare a place for you? Because I'm coming to get you, right? He, he's giving some encouragement here. I'm about to leave you, but don't worry. I'm going to come get you again, right? Chapter 17 is coming where, where he he prays, right? The disciples hear this prayer. He doesn't pray in silence, and he prays to the Father for them and for us, right? Uh, wash them, sanctify them in your word. Your word is truth, right? All these things. So, but he says in verse four, where I'm going, you know where I'm going. And Thomas, I love it. Old Doubting Thomas, right? That's He gets a bad rap. Uh, he, he said, hold on, wait a minute. We don't know what you're talking about. Right, Jesus is talking to the disciples. You, you can just imagine all of the disciples sitting there like, what What is he talking about? Father and houses and he's leaving, but he's going to come back. I thought you were, you know, their mind is just racing through the gospels. You see all of this. Uh, the disciples knew, just knew that he was going to start his kingdom. Right. Even after this point, after the resurrection, he's about to ascend into heaven. And the only thing the disciples want to ask him is, is, is it now? Like Is your kingdom now? Are you starting it now? <laughs> He's like, just yes. Yes and no. No and yes, right? So Thomas voices what everybody else is thinking. Lord, we don't know where you're going. If you're going to prepare a place for us and you're going to be with your father, who we know is God, then we definitely want to go. I don't know how to get there. Okay. So Thomas said in verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? That's the that's the question. How do we know the ways? Jesus is about to answer this with with the verse that we can quote by heart. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. What does that mean? Does anybody know? Does anybody want to take a guess? I mean, yeah, I'll guess. He, it, it's through him that we are redeemed and sanctified and made righteous. So yeah. he is the way he is the truth because he is the word. Therefore, uh-huh. the word is true. Uh-huh. And what was other one life Yep. I mean, that should be self-explanatory. He's, he's, he's everlasting life, right? That's exactly what he said. But the historical significance of what he said that we have to remember as we're reading the Bible, this is Jesus talking to disciples in a certain time period, in a certain place. And these disciples have been raised up in the Jewish traditions. They have a lot of ideas and memories and, and things that they draw from. Same as we do, right? Whenever we had that waterline break the other day, I put on, on our social media and stuff. and people would ask, hey, we had a mainline break at the old bridge. Right. And everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. I know exactly what you're talking about. The old bridge right down here where the road used to where the road used to meet. Okay, this is exactly what Jesus is doing right here. And this is why this is so fascinating, because it's exactly what you said. But it's so much more. It is so much more. Thomas asked, how do we know the way Jesus answered him? He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father but through me. So first, let's look at it at surface level. Because there's always layers to all of this. So when we're reading through the Bible, the most simplest um, interpretation is generally the best interpretation, right? We don't need to complicate these things. The gospel is is so simple that children can understand it. So what it says is pretty much what it means. Jesus just told him, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And you're not going to get to the Father because he just told him, I'm going to the Father, right? and I'm preparing a place for you, but you're not going to get there unless you go by me, okay? Thomas brings that up cuz like we don't know the way, and Jesus is telling him I am the way. Not, don't worry about it. I'm the way. Follow me, and you'll make it. So, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. This is one of the 7 I am statements that Jesus uh says in John, John's gospel has Uh, Those famous I am statements, he says, I am the bread, right? I am the door before Abraham was, I am right. All the blasphemous things that the Judaizers wanted to stone him for. Uh, Anybody who says Jesus never said he was God just hasn't read the Bible because the Jews didn't just go around stoning people, contrary to popular belief, right? They they only stoned people for blasphemy. And not even for blasphemy of a synagogue or blasphemy. Jesus himself says, you can blaspheme me, you can blaspheme the Father. If you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you've went too far, right? The Jews had kind of the same thing. If you said something that sounded a little blasphemous, we need to sit down and talk. Maybe you get a scourging. Maybe you said something wrong. We're going to figure it out. But if you stood up in a public place and said, I, me, immortal, is God, there was no need for, for counseling, right? It's the you it's, you, you have blasphemed Yahweh. Prepare to meet him, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. So when Jesus stood up and all of these things, you you not always, but most of the time, he's talking to the religious crowd, and uh, when he says I am, he uses the word of the name of God, the name that shouldn't be named. Right, they don't even. That's why God has so many descriptive names through the Old Testament. Adonai. Right. Go ahead. Were they going to stone the adulterous woman though that was brought before Jesus, or were they just like? You could get stoned, okay. yeah, you okay. get stoned for a few different things. Yeah, you could get stoned for a few different things. But when it comes to somebody, uh, Jesus could have could have stood up and said he was the messenger of God, and he wouldn't have been stoned. Right. right? He could have stood up and said, I am the Messiah, because he does. He reveals himself as the Messiah. They didn't seek to stone him when he's riding in on the new cult, right? And they're 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 hollering, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be his name, right? They're they're not seeking to stone him then, but whenever he stands up in, in the court square and he says, Before Abraham was even a thing, I was here. Mm-hmm. Right? Now they're seeking to they're seeking to to end his life so these I am statements they're pretty they're pretty powerful they're what we call definite articles right there's no way around it he was basically saying I am the only one right so they sought to stone him in a lot of several ways so on this the last night before his betrayal and ultimately his death uh, Jesus was preparing his disciples for these next few days it's been a long time coming. It's been three and a half years, but in less than a day, he was going to be hanging on a cross. In less than a week, he was going to be leaving a tomb, right? In less than or a little over a month, he was no longer going to be with them, right? Because he was here 40 days after his his resurrection, he ascended. So time is very quickly coming to an end for Emmanuel, God with us, right in the in the flesh. That's why he tells the woman at the well, right. Soon you're going to worship not in a mountain, not in a temple, but those who worship God, because God, is spirit, is going to be worshiping in spirit and truth. That ties into this too, the way the truth and the life. He was telling that lady at the well, you're gonna you're gonna meet God through me, right. I love how. There's just one solid string through the whole Word of God. You just dig far enough and you find it connected. They had placed their hopes in Jesus as the Messiah, the promised deliverer, yet they still didn't understand how all of this was going to be accomplished. Right? Just read through the Gospels, you you can see that. After the Last Supper, Jesus began speaking about his departure, uh, which led to the questions, right, Thomas? You said you're the way. You said you, we know where you're going. We don't know wh- how to, we don't know how to get there. <clears throat> in Greek, uh, the I am statements, it's a very intense way of referring to oneself. We don't we don't even in our language, we don't typically talk like that. Um, basically, it's comparable to saying I myself or only I am. You don't hear people saying, are you Richard Rambo? And I'm saying, I myself, only me, am Richard Rambo. Like, we just don't talk like that. But that's exactly what Jesus was saying, which it wouldn't even be true for me. There's three Richard Rambos currently right now, mm-hmm. right? My son, me, my dad. Um, if he carries on the tradition, we're quickly running out of middle names. I don't know what else can go with Richard Rambo, but um, there may be another one. Right? There could be four walking around if God keeps, uh, keeps us here long enough. But Jesus was saying when he said, I am, he was referring to himself as God. Right, That's, that's what's important in that. So when he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, he was uh, referring to himself as the only way. The only truth, the only life, okay, which we know we know that so several times in the Gospels we find that Jesus uses those words and they reflect the very name of God in Hebrew, Yahweh, so I am what I am, right i He is who he is, that's Yahweh, that's what that means. The way is a path, right? And uh, Yahweh means to be, or the self-existent one. He's the only one, okay? And it's a name of power and authority. There's only one God. There's only one Yahweh, okay? And uh, Jesus claims it to be his own. And that was a very blasphemous thing. Nobody claimed to be God except for God. Like I said, they were fine with him being a good teacher. Mm-hmm. That Pharisees and Sadducees alike come up and called him rabbi. Called him good teacher. Right? They they had no problem with him being a very good oracle speaker, drawing a crowd, even amassing followers. They had no problem with that. That's what rabbis did. That's how you knew how good of a rabbi you was by what your following was. You think Twitter and all that is is something new? No. Like that's what they did way in the back right you think you're a good speaker you only got 10 followers come back to me when you got when you got some people right oh wow rabbi jesus he he's got 5000 men only not counting their their women and children on a hillside preaching to them he's he's a good teacher right he's a good rabbi they had no problem with that they had no problem with people placing their hope in a messiah cuz there had been more And there would always be more. There was always going to be people standing up and saying, I'm the sent one from God. And it's okay. There's hope. Fine. They had a huge problem with him saying he was God. You just didn't do that. Right? One of the uh, popular speakers of today says there's only two or only three options for Jesus. He's either insane. I mean, he's either crazy for thinking that he's God. The best uh, misleader of the entire history, or he's God. that's the only three options that we have. He's either the best liar of all time he's clinically insane or he really was what he said he was right it's It's funny, but it's true it makes you it makes you think it really does I have a question again. go ahead okay this may be elementary. Could anybody be a rabbi rabbi or was it like only Levitical people still at this time or was like very good Jesus, question. Was he in the Levitical? Very good question. Place? He was not a Levite. Okay, but at one point they did invite him to read in the temple. Yes. So how did all that work? You didn't have to be a Levite to read in the temple. Oh okay. No. Any Jewish man could read what about being in the a temple? Rabbi? Any any Jewish man could be a rabbi. Oh, he couldn't be a priest. Okay. Cool. Yeah, which is different. Yeah. Which is different. He was allowed to speak in the synagogues, but he couldn't work in the temple. Synagogues and temple were two different things. That's that's a very good question. Pharisees ran the synagogues. They ran the churches. I didn't realize there was a Sadducees ran the temple. Yep. Think of it as uh, federal versus state. Okay, that's that's exactly what it was. It was all ran by by the by the temple, but synagogues operated like states would operate, temples operated the or the temple operated like the federal government. There's only one Washington, DC, but we have 50 states. Right. Same thing. Very good question. So the way. Let's look at some of these. Jesus used the definite article to distinguish himself as the only way. That's in our English. The way is a path or route. And the disciples had expressed their confusion about uh, where he was going and how they could follow him. It's very hard to follow somebody if you don't know where they're going. Right? You're always second guessing. Um, I found that out. Like I knew how to get to Munro, But we all left out of here. Go into a wedding in Monroe, right? And we were all told that we're gonna we're gonna keep all the laws, right? We're gonna obey everything. <laughs> we even the week before had got taught to and preached to about how we was gonna maintain everything, and then our point man went 30 miles over the speed limit most of the way uh, because of a faulty speedometer. Okay, it wasn't any fault of him of himself. Okay. But <laughs> But uh, when we got through all I didn't know where I was going. Mm-hmm. Right. So what happened? Well, text messages started going off. Hey, where's such and such? Where do we go? Do we turn here? Do we turn there? There was some confusion involved. Right. That's what the disciples were saying. You're going somewhere. You say we know the way we're telling you we don't know the way. So make it less confusing. Tell us what to do. Right. So Jesus tells us I'm the way. Which is very—we we like to talk about our disciples um, in, in certain ways sometimes, but there is there is a lot of humility and wisdom coming out of Thomas right now, coming out of the disciples. Hey, there's a lot of power in saying I don't know what you're talking about, right? Can you please just stop and elaborate on this so that we can move on? Except, except most of the time we, we just say we know and we try and figure it out on the way. And it's a lot of confusion, right? It's a very lot of confusion. So Jesus is the way. <clears throat> As he had told them really from the beginning, uh, he's telling them again, right? He said this over and over and over again, not I am the way, but he said, follow me, right? Follow me. Take up your cross. Follow me daily. Over and over and over again, he's been telling them, just follow me. That carries over after Christ. Paul picks up the mantle, as you will. He says, follow me as I follow Christ, right? There's always an example set before us, godly men and women who we can look at and go, I don't know what's happening right now, but I know that they're godly, so I'm going to imitate them because they're imitating Christ right now the caution is in that and even Paul that's what Paul was really saying when he said that was if i'm not following christ don't follow me right mm-hmm. i'm going the wrong way don't follow me so the caution of that is to have those mentors and to have those people that you can look to nothing wrong with that but realize that we're human and at some point we could fail and don't just because i fall and you're following me don't follow after me in that right Follow me as I follow Christ. That's what Paul was saying. So the way, Jesus, really, that's all Jesus was saying. Follow me because I am the perfect representation of God, right? I am the way. Follow me. Paul is saying, follow me because I'm following the way. And in verse 3, it just told him, I'm going to come get you. That's just it. (laughs) You don't have to know the, you know what I mean. Yeah. In in right. further chapters, right? So you just told him, I'm leaving, That's and I'm gonna mean. come get you, but I'm not leaving you alone, right? That's coming in further chapters. I'm gonna send the Comforter, and he's gonna lead you in direct. There's a reason for all of this in the Bible. It really is. If he wouldn't, if it, verse four wouldn't have been there, and he said, "Where I go, you know." And you know the way, or whatever, you know yeah. it wouldn't have been a question. No, it wouldn't have been a question. <laughs> but, but it's all there for a purpose. Every every bit of it. So Jesus is the way. Next, He's the truth. Now we know that John starts his gospel off like that, mm-hmm. right? Jesus is the Word, so He is truth. <clears throat> Jesus picks that up in chapter seventeen when He's praying His high priestly prayer. Wash them in. Your truth, your word is truth, right? So, again, Jesus uses the definite article. The definite article is through all three of these. That's that's the important thing. He is the way, the only way, capital T, right? The only way, the only truth, the only life. It emphasizes Himself as the only truth, and and we see. Oh, Lord, we could have pulled so many scriptures. But Psalm 119, it's the, longest Psalm, it's the longest chapter of the entire Bible. And the whole chapter is devoted to what? The Word of God, right? The whole chapter. So chapter, uh, Psalm 119, verse 142 says, Your law is the truth. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus reminds his listeners of several points of the law. Right, he says, you've heard it said, but now I say, you've heard it said, but now I say, right, you've heard it said, but now I say. So he points them to the oracle trainings that they're accustomed to, and then he says, but this is what you need to be doing, <laughs> right? You've heard it said it was an eye for an eye, but now I tell you, love your love your enemies, right? That's really what the law would say, love your enemies, right? You've heard it said that it's it's against God's law. To, uh, to be caught in adultery. But I'm telling you, if you just think about it and you covet that in your mind, you've already committed adultery. You've heard it said that it's wrong to murder, but I tell you that if you are angry or mad at a person, you've already murdered them in your heart. And you're like, people, uh, well, <laughs> amen, we amen. Well, we can go to 1 John and say that you're a liar if you say you haven't <laughs> murdered somebody in your mind. Right? Absolutely, you have. No, Bible tells us to do that. We're supposed to forgive always, but we don't need to put ourselves in those positions. But that doesn't mean I don't love them. Absolutely, it doesn't. Absolutely, it doesn't. Well, what what is the the word tells us to mark such people? That's not. We like to use that for false prophets and stuff like that, but. That's just anybody who is a hindrance, wow. right? Because you putting yourself in a position where you know it's going to end in a certain way, well, you're you're causing that person to sin too. Yep. You know, I'm sinning. That, that person is sinning. The best is to remove yourself and pray for them. Wow. Pray for them. Maybe let them know, hey, I'm not going to be around you because all we ever do is, is fight, and I don't want to cause you to sin. And they're going to most probably go, well, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, I'm removing myself from you because because I love you, right? And and, and that's it. <clears throat> no, that's that's uh that is a very wise person who can discern uh, the type of conversation and the type of person that you're talking to and go. I, it's just better if we just not not do this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like, mm-hmm. You give them more than, more than more. So like yeah that, so maybe- and that may that may not be removing yourself completely so if if you know you and a family member don't believe the same right oh, then maybe, maybe well, I'm just this is yeah. a for instance yeah. if you if you know that that person believes a certain way and you don't maybe just don't talk about it you know what I mean We can talk about hunting, we can talk about our family, how's your kids, how's your mom and them, but let's just not talk about that because (laughs) a lot of times it's something as simple as sports or or something like that. If I know, I'm going to use Matt because we all know he doesn't like sports, and I don't really care for it either. But uh, if if I know, if all I have to do is go to Matt and say, how about them saints, and that's going to provoke him, I shouldn't do that. I really shouldn't do that. Right we, me and Matt can talk about anything and we're good, but he hates the saints. So if I just if I just talk about the saints, right? So I'm sinning because I know that provokes my brother, right? And then I'm gonna cause him to sin because he's gonna be provoked. So just don't do that. In, in extreme cases, and unfortunately, sometimes it's with some of the most closest people to us, we just have to remove them, right? Unfortunately, that is true, but we can fi- we find ourselves, this is what we call lanyap. It's all good. A lot of the times, it's just certain topics and certain things. Hop those hot buttons. I just choose not to press that, even if that person is putting it right there in front of me to press. I just choose not to press that button, and and we can get we can get by. We can do it okay, do right? Do it right <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. So he's the way. He's the truth, right? We know that he's the word. And uh, he's the life. Okay, Jesus, just as he's been telling his disciples about his impending death, now he's claiming to be the source of all life. You ever think about that? He's preparing them for his death by telling him he's the life. Kind of a confusing thing. There's a reason why Thomas is like, we're not getting this. <laughs> we're not. We we're not following what you're saying because you can almost, if you read through the Gospels, especially in John, because John has like, oh, I looked at this the other day. I think it starts in verse in in chapter 11 through the remainder of the 20 some odd chapters. It's the last week of of Jesus's life. Like what you see. Let's just look. Killing of a blind man, adulterous woman. One of them chapters, he goes, he comes into Jerusalem, right? The triumphant entry. From that point on, which is pretty early in the book to the end, it's the last seven days of his life. So John really kind of explodes into the last week of Jesus' life. And you read through John, you can almost feel how Jesus just starts speeding up. His words right so you can only imagine him knowing that there's a garden of Gethsemane coming he's already being being compounded with what's going on his fleshly will right that's so hard to say about Jesus his his man nature coming under the nature of his divine nature right all this is already happening in his mind and his disciples are just like slow down please we don't understand what you're saying so be careful when you read through the Gospels to not look at the disciples in like an ignorant kind of a way because we, we would be the exact same way. They really do want to know what he's saying. Please stop. Please, can you go back to what you were saying earlier? Because you're saying you're going to die, now you're saying you're everlasting life. Like, what is, What are you talking about? What does that mean? So he's saying that he is the life. In John chapter 10, 17 and 18, Jesus declares that he's going to lay down his life for the, his sheep. Right? When we know that passage. But then he's going to take it up again. That's what he says. So this isn't the first time that he spoke about this. He speaks about his authority over life and death that's being granted to him by the Father. That's in uh, verse 19 of chapter 14. We can read that. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Okay, so you just, what? What did you just say? The world's not going to see you, but we're going to see you. What does that mean? They have no idea. They, not in their wildest imaginations, because they imagine in just a few days, they're going to see Jesus come through a wall. Right. They're going to be in a locked room, hiding from the authorities. And then all of a sudden he's going to be there and he's going to eat with them. And then he's just going to not be there. Right. Or he's going to say, hey, come to Galilee, because that's where I'm going to be. And he leaves there and he's in Galilee, like hundreds of miles away. It's a four day trip from where they are in Jerusalem to where he is in Galilee. And he's just there. He's just on the side of a mountain waiting for them when they get there. Have you ever thought about that? He's the all-powerful being. Why couldn't he just take them all? See, He did to Philip in Acts, right? Philip was in a chariot, and then he wasn't. It's pretty neat. They had no idea any of this was going to happen because they're just people like me and you. They're just trying to figure this out, right? It's like they literally have the answers to a test. They don't know what the questions are. Right, They have all the answers. Jesus is sitting there. He's telling them all these answers, and they, they don't know what the test is. They don't know what the questions are. You ever looked at a, a I'm telling myself, I was homeschooled for a while with the PACE system, the ACE system, and uh, there's a test at the end of every one of those. And if your mama was uh, a good mama and was doing her other motherly things, and left us good Christian children to fend for ourselves. Uh, you could get what was called the answer key, right? And it was just a bunch of letters, right? It, was just, it would say social studies, A, B, C, D, D, C, B, A, right? And those were all the right answers. But if you didn't know what the questions was, it doesn't matter, right? The, the answer to number one is A. Well, I don't know what the question is, so <laughs> it doesn't really help. If you just bubble all those in, you pass the test, but you have no knowledge, right? I knew the way to get to the end, but I had no knowledge of it. So I didn't benefit anything from it. Jesus is saying the same thing here. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and you can't skip one of those, okay? How many years did you do that? We only did that for two. So this is being recorded, and you can ask her, and she will tell you that. My mother kicked me and my brother out of the house one day and locked the door. And that was all we got. When dad got back, we got talked to pretty sternly. And then we didn't, mom didn't teach us anymore. We went to my aunt's house right across the road. Uh, she was done. It was over with. We were very, very bad. I didn't get saved till I was 17. So I was a very bad preacher's kid. And I knew it. Um, we wasn't any better for my aunt either. She, she got hives and quit also. Uh, Lord, Lord is, he, I ain't always been perfect, brother Gene. <laughs> yeah, I ain't always been perfect. But, um, God bless my, God bless my mama and my aunt. Cause they put up with a lot with us. They really did. But Jesus is the life, right? He spoke, Of his authority over life and death. And um, he gave them that promise, right? In verse 19, because I live, you will live also. Okay. So he's fielding all these questions at the same time. Like, I got to tell you this stuff, right? We don't have time to stop. Wish I could, right? I really wish I could stop. You really do need to get this. He tells them that through the gospels, too. You need to know this. And I know you don't, but you will. You will know it, right? Just trust me and move on. This comforter is coming. It's going to lead and direct them into all truth and righteousness, right? So they're going to get it. They just don't get it right now. So what's the significance of all this? Well, we know Jesus is the only way, right? That's literally why all of us are here, because Jesus is the only way. If there was another way, we have another way to pick, but we don't. Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth. How we know that? Because he was the one that told us he's the only way. So he's, He is the truth, okay? And he is the life. And, and why do we know that? Because he's told us and he's truthful, right? And if he said it, it's true. It's yes and amen. It's, his word is yes and amen. That's why he's... back to Genesis and he says the word. Yeah. And yep. He's it. Yep. Everything created by the word of his mouth. And and that... Whew. First time I read that, I've read Genesis more than I've read the whole Bible. Why? Because I always start in Genesis, right? Before I was saved, uh, get in trouble. You know, you know, dad's almost home. So you're going to dust off the old Bible. You're going to be reading the Bible when he comes home, right? That didn't spare the rod, none at all. Just letting, <laughs> letting y'all know. Uh, but so I've read, I've read Genesis a lot. And it wasn't until I was saved and saved for a while that I read He he created everything by the word of his mouth. And then you get to John and Jesus is the word. You're like, wait a minute. What is he talking about? Jesus has been here since the beginning. Wow, he really is God. How about that? And it starts to make sense, right? It starts to click and, and, and it's the spirit that's within you that's bearing witness with your spirit. Yeah, you got that one right. You can move on now, right? Jesus is it. But he's talking to his disciples. Okay, this is the cool stuff that we miss out on because we're not Israelites and we're not in the first century. Okay, when Jesus said that he's the way, the truth and the life, he's answering a question that Thomas gave us. So let's go back to the question in verse five. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. So that's a statement. We don't know where you're going. Then his question, how do we know the way? And the way that Jesus answers that question is a way in which every disciple in that room would go, Oh, okay. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Before Jesus stepped on this earth, every good Jew knew there was one way to God. How was that? Through the temple. Through the temple. When Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life, he used terminology and brought back to remembrance something that these good Jewish boys would know. He used the temple. God wastes nothing. He really doesn't. So Jesus never wasted words. He knew his time was short. What he said was what he said, and what he meant is what he meant. He always said exactly the right thing with the exact right meaning, And very often spoke to one issue while using his words to layer meaning after meaning after meaning. So we just spent 40 minutes talking about the way and the truth and the life in which we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's exactly what it means. But there's historical evidence to back up that he's drawing, he's allegorizing this so that they can understand it more, right? So those that say Jesus never allegorized just hasn't done their study. He used things all the time. He used farmers and sheep and shepherds and buildings. Right. Look at this building. There won't be one stone left upon the other. Right. He's pointing. He's using things in their scope so that they can understand more higher things. That's why we that's why we do that. Right. So Jesus used these descriptive terms, the way, the truth, the truth. And the life, they're not made up and they're not misplaced. He could have said anything, like he could have said a lot of things. Jesus is everything. He could have said everything, but he used these and he done that because uh, it pointed them to the temple. He uses the way the truth and the life. Jesus used those specific terms to draw his disciples back to the tabernacle built by Moses. And the first temple built by Solomon, that's important, not the temple that they would have grown up with, Herod's temple. Herod's temple was built different. It was elaborate. It had a lot of different things. It it was gold-plated on one side so that when you come up to Jerusalem, it shined like the sun. There was a lot going on with Herod's temple. Go read Herod. He wasn't a good man, so he probably didn't build the best temple. Mm -hmm. right? But Solomon was commissioned by God to build his temple. David prepared but he couldn't build because his hands were bloody. But Solomon was allowed to build the temple. Before that, Moses is given the dimensions for the tabernacle. Solomon uses those same dimensions for the temple. It's the same same thing. So there were three main parts to the tabernacle. There was an outer court, a holy place, and the Holy of Holies. Okay separating those areas were two entrances and a main gate. There was only one way in and one way out. There was no back door. There was no side doors. There was one way in and one way out. These thresholds came to gain common names. The gate, there was a main gate. Okay. There's a door and then the veil separating the Holy of Holies. Those thresholds had common names that the priest used, and if you went to the temple long enough, you heard the terms and you knew what these terms were. So, the main entrance gate separated the world from the outer court, and they named that the way. Okay? Showing that there's one way to God, because remember, they're getting to the Holy of Holies. Okay? There's one way to God, that being, there's one gate. The next threshold, which separated everybody from the next place, only the priest could go into the holy place, and only the high priest once a year could go into the holy of holies. So you see the separation happening, right? That threshold separated the outer court from the holy place, and it was called the truth. Kind of seeing where this is going, right? Showing that after you gain interest into God, you've made it into the you've made it into the outer court, right? You're in the dwelling place of God that uh, you then learn the truth of who God is, right? Because so the outer court had the incense burning had the offering place, right? But the holy place had the shoe bread, they had the candlesticks, right? All the different furnishings showing you're getting ever closer to God and revealing to you who God was. And then the last threshold we know is the veil you've seen in the Bible, separating the holy place from the holy of holies. They call that the life because beyond that veil was God, was life, right? (laughs) showing that once you are brought into the truth of God, you then experience true life and peace with God. This is also why you see the veil being torn at the crucifixion, because if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by Him, there's no need for a veil anymore, right? So the veil's being torn, Jesus is being slain for you and I, and the veil being a representation of Him is torn as the Lamb is forging our way back to God. God saying no longer was there a need for separation, right? We get that in the Old Testament when He's looking forward to the crucifixion. There's no need for separation anymore. God would no longer dwell in houses built by man. Right. But he would dwell in every heart that believes in the son. Okay, there's no need for a veil. There's there's life has been given. Right. John three sixteen everlasting life is given to all those who believe no more separation between man and God all coming through the son. Right. All coming through the sun. Another way of looking at this in common terms, we use today the way, the truth, and the life, or the gate, the door, and the veil, we see in our justification, sanctification, and future glorification. It's the same three parts. We're justified, then we're sanctified, then we're glorified. Becoming ever closer and ever closer and ever closer to God till we are with Him forever. Right? we enter justification through the only way. Okay? After we experience a growing knowledge and understanding of our own sinfulness and exchange, we see and understand the true knowledge of God that although we're sinful, He's gracious and He is gracious beyond our every sin if we put repent to Him. And God's grace through faith in Christ Uh As we become sanctified under the power of the Holy Ghost, then we experience true, ultimate, everlasting life. As if it's not enough to clean us up here, Mm -hmm. right? That is a grace beyond grace that we get to experience and taste good things here. Then we pass from this realm to the next and we're glorified with Him. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Whereas before Christ died, one man once a year, if he did everything right, could experience what we experience every day. Pretty neat, huh? So, he's the way, the truth, and the life. When he said that, the disciples went, oh, okay. Well, because in Hebrew school, they learned that the tabernacle was a representation of God of the Messiah of Christ, right? They they understood that it was a transition from outside of the camp to inside of the camp, but yet that's not enough and there's a separation and then there's a separation, but one day there would be no separation. So when he said that, Thomas, at being a spokesperson, he didn't he didn't have a no follow-up question. Right? Verse 5 is the only question. We don't know the way. And he goes, you've been living it your entire life. Like your dad lived it, your grandpa lived it, Moses lived it, Abraham lived it. You know the way. And they went, oh, okay. So that question was got it. But we got some more, right? You keep reading, you got some more. But that's that's the that's the the fullness of the Word of God. Every question that you have, the the Word has an answer for it. Absolutely, it does. We have found over the almost 200 episodes that we've done on this, uh, there are some questions that don't have answers. And we've also found that we really don't need those answers. Right? There's some things we just don't get to know. But we will one day. We'll we'll know as we're known. Right? And we're going to know everything. And it's going to be fantastic. But how sad of a life would it be if I knew everything? Right? I spend my whole life searching God, and He answers a lot of my questions. And every time I've come to a wall or a roadblock or a no, right? You just don't get that answer. What I found is there's peace at the end of that because I, I don't know the answer to it, but it's okay because I will. And how do you know that? Because He said I would. That's the same thing as the disciples. We don't know the way. Jesus said, "Yeah, you do. Just." Just stop and reflect and look and, and and Thomas and the rest of them you could you could almost see them because I would be doing the same thing going huh I need to probably dig up some of my Sunday school lessons like I need to really go back and when, when old Rabbi John was was telling me about how Moses built the tabernacle and, and all and everything was set up the way that it's supposed to be I need to go back and reevaluate and relook it at that because that tabernacle I'm looking at him. Right? I'm looking at Jesus and I'm looking at this tabernacle. And oh, by the way, now I got to now I got to look at the prophets. And he says, no longer is God going to dwell in temples and houses made with man's hands, but that I'm going to be a temple. So maybe I need to go back and look and see how I'm supposed to be. Right. Because I'm going to house God. <laughs> that was a foreign thing. What, what, are you, what? I have to be high priest. No, Jesus is. I just get to be the temple. I get to house God. you ever stop and just think about that? That inside, each and every one of a true believer is God. It wasn't like that before, but it is now. Hebrews, go and read Hebrews. It said, all those of old looked forward to what we have because they didn't have it like we do, right? Amen.